This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my longtime friend, John Daniel Rudd, on today. And he's got an MD in front of his name. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. I have sent in my request to Washington. I don't know if you realize that. I haven't told you. But... uh, I think that uh, at Fauci's age, I think it's time for him to go, and we need a younger man in. So my request is for you. No, wait a minute. I should take that back because we need you too much here in Rutherford County. So I guess maybe you better stay here. I, I'm quite happy here in Rutherford County. I, I know I'll you. I'll just stay here. You've always been happy here yeah, in Rutherford yeah, County. I am. And, and we've depended upon you so much for, for so many things, and and. Uh, you not only have all your patients here, which are uh, a lot of happy people, but you also take care of the penal institutions here in Rutherford County. And you have done something that's it's remarkable, is you have kept most of them very, very well inside those two facilities, the Rutherford County De- uh, jail and uh, and detention, I guess you would call it, and the workhouse also. And how in the world have you had that miracle going on in those two places? Well, I wish I could take all the credit. I can't. I've got, um, you know, we take care of everybody that gets arrested. So we sort of, uh, you know, it's like public health. We take care yeah. of people who generally... Um, don't get health care, either don't have access to health care, mm-hmm. or don't prior- prioritize health care. Yeah. And so we get them and take care of them. We're seeing um, an increase again in our COVID patient population. Uh, but fortunately, we've been able to manage uh, most of that um, in-house and not had anyone recently hospitalized with COVID. So that's good. And... Uh, it's a uh, it's a challenge, but I tell you, we've got a wonderful medical staff, and, really and uh, it it takes it's a group effort. It totally is a group effort. Do you do you do anything that I would consider different in dealing with each one of those uh, inmates that you have? Well, I don't I don't think it's anything different. It's just regular, you know, healthcare. Try to make sure that people who come in. Um, and are either under the influence or untreated with their psychiatric illness, mm-hmm. uh, leave the jail feeling better. Now, the inmates do not wear masks, do they? Uh, they can be requested to when they're moving around if they're COVID positive. You know, but basically if they stay in an area where they ha- we have only COVID patients, they don't have to wear masks. So how how do you, I mean, there are a lot of prisoners over in in the Rutherford County uh, Detention Center. Um, How do do you keep them away from each other in a way that they're not going to be uh, contagious to other prisoners that are also locked up in the same area? Well, fortunately, we've got um, a great administration there that yeah. works to do that. And, you know, I know the sheriff and his um, deputies and the line staff in the detention uh, do a great job. When we, we identify people who are COVID positive, 
and then we assist them in the way they're housed. But yeah. it's really directed by the administration there more more than it is us. Um, but I, I depended upon you a lot when I was there. Right. Well, we we try to do all we can, but you know, uh, there's nothing that trumps security. Security is our, you know, and that's up to the sheriff. Yeah. And you know, and and how that's done, and how people are housed. Uh, we assist where we can, but again, that's totally related and directed by the sheriff. Now, you 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 have your own business outside of of, of uh, the law enforcement community. We see patients. Yeah, I'm a I'm yeah. a physician. You know, so I I have a a small practice. Most of what I do is at the jail and the workhouse, but but I do see um, a few patients. Is there anything that you learn there by dealing with this? firsthand with all of these people that are there um are, are there any little small things that crop up that uh have given you a little bit more information on how to deal with these people and, and i'm talking about for the virus um probably i've learned more at the jail than i have on the outside actually yeah because there's we have so many more people there but i see patients both in and out of jail that that have the virus yeah and you know one of the things that i emphasize to people is that right now as far as as i know and believe the vaccine is the number one thing to help us get through this pandemic yeah. um i've taken the vaccine uh i've, I've had the third shot um I feel like that I'm, I was fortunate. I didn't have any reaction to it. I had no problem with it. And, um, and, and I feel like that's, that's really all we can do to really head this off. And the other thing is, is I believe frequent testing of people who have symptoms. One of the hard things to know is if you've been vaccinated, we know you can get infected even after being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But being infected is not the same as developing severe disease. It's two different things. And so you can get infected and you will be positive on a COVID test and may even have mild symptoms. Yeah. But as far as how contagious are you, how many days you'll be contagious, those are variables that, you know, we've, we've sort of trimmed down the days we recommend. Used to be 14, now we're down to 10. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the PCR test that we send to the lab is actually a better way to screen people who have been vaccinated than the office test. But that, those are things that we're learning as we go. It's it's so difficult. I mean, you, you keep hearing all these numbers and everything like that, but there are a lot of people, as we know, that have had the virus that didn't know they had the virus, and then they go on, they become fine, so they don't even get tested at all. So the, the, the tests are not really just spot on, are they? No, no, but the th problem is is that a lot of people... Well, it's, and it's a good thing, is that yeah. people can get the virus and not get real sick. Yeah. And so if you don't get sick, you don't even think about getting tested. Because if you're not sick, why would you get tested? And so you can probably spread the virus fairly efficiently and have no symptoms. Is, is it so much different than, say, something like the common flu people who get the common flu almost everybody that i've known have have really gotten sick with it uh i'm one of these people that i've never had the flu and i've never had a shot or anything like that what makes each individual so different in how they're affected with a disease especially like the covid because many of the people who get sick become violently sick and, and some die with it. While others, it just seems like they can go their own way. So the, the people who have the strength or, or the ability to fight off the virus after a while, 
um, it seems like they are also affected quite a bit by the people who get sick and then become really, really sick. Uh, I've never seen such a change in how people are, how they would react to this kind of of, um, virus. It it just seems to be off the chart. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, worldwide, you have a lot of people who can get it, but it doesn't really affect them that much. And then the others, it just completely just... Although I, I remember when the, the, the uh, uh, polio was going on back in the, the 50s. Uh, I remember we went swimming. number of us got the, the, the polio, whatever it was. And, uh, and it didn't bother us that much. But, but one or two ended up in an iron lung and things like that. What gives people that type of it's not really an immunity but it doesn't affect you as much well there the all infections are complicated yeah I mean, they, you know we like to boil everything down to where it's really simple to understand yeah and this isn't like that this this in getting an infection like this the first things are the virus themselves mm-hmm. you know how does the virus work how does it get in the body? Um, how is it transmitted from person to person? And we know that uh, SARS-CoV-2, which is the cause of COVID-19, mm-hmm. is transmitted by the respiratory route. Okay. Okay. Polio was a GI virus. It's a gastrointestinal virus. It's okay. different. Yeah. Um, but uh, COVID-19 is transmitted by respiratory route. And one of the things that's really important is the size of the inoculum now what that means is how many viruses you get when somebody decides to donate a bunch of viruses to you you know it's like when you caught yours you were riding in a car with somebody who was sick yeah okay you got a lot of viruses because i had people coughing all over me at the uh, graduation yeah and so the inoculum the size of the virus dose that you got was significant yeah because you got a lot of it now you could have been say just saying hi to somebody and got a little bit yeah but the more you get the easier it is to get sicker Mm -hmm. the next thing is how well you're protected so say the virus is transmitted to you then if you're wearing a mask it filters a little bit of that out doesn't Mm -hmm. filter it all out but it, it, it decreases the inoculum. If you do nasal lavage every day, we know the virus has to attach to the mucosa, to the lining of the nasopharynx, the nose and the posterior nose. And people who do nasal lavage every day with a device like a water pick or a bulb syringe or a neti pot or uh, different devices, we know that washes a lot of the virus out before it gets into the cells and has a chance to infect the cells. Mm -hmm. The other things are your host immune system. Are you healthy? Is your vitamin D level good? Is your vitamin C level good? Um, Those are things that determine the way your immune system responds when the virus gets in your system. And we know that the first part of the viral infection is the virus, what's called the viremia. It's the actual virus replicating in in the cells being released into the body causing the fever the chills the achiness that go on in the initial part of the disease Mm -hmm. then we know with COVID-19 there's the second phase the second phase is when a lot of the damage is done because the first phase the virus goes on the body's developing an immune response to it and that immune response can be overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's what goes, can go haywire and develop what's called a cytokine storm, which means basically the immune system is, is like, uh, you know, just going wild. Yeah. And that is what creates the later phase, the more serious part of the illness. We know that as the 
immune system progresses in its attack of the virus, one of the number one organs that are affected are the lungs. Others can be, but the lungs are, are really the critical part. Yeah. And as the lungs are affected, you can develop a pneumonia or you can just get what's like a thickening of the membrane between the air sacs and the capillaries. And as that thickening occurs, the transfer of gases, both oxygen in and carbon dioxide out, are diminished. And as those are diminished, you get short of breath. Mm -hmm. And when you get short of breath, the oxygen level in your blood drops. Yeah. That's why we measure O2 saturation with a pulse oximeter. We know that normally it ought to be in the 90s, mid to upper 90s. We start get having problems when we get into the 80s, especially the low 80s. That's why oxygen therapy is really one of the first things we use and have used for um, the lung disease of COVID-19. That oxygen therapy is plentiful in America, but there are countries that don't even have oxygen tanks to use to give people oxygen. Hmm. So there are places oxygen therapy is not even available because of third world conditions. And then surviving that immune phase of the reaction tends to be um, one of the, the real hurdles to overcome. And then we know also that people who develop COVID-19, about anywhere from 30 to 40% of people, based on the best guesses now, go into this thing called long COVID, which is this extended period of time after you resolve the, all that initial part mm -hmm. that you're just not normal. You don't feel normal. You don't have energy. You may have brain fog. You may have shortness of breath. You may have a variety of symptoms. And that can take months to get through. Um, is exercise one of the more healing processes as you're talking about uh, the oxygen level and in in those type things breathing um, you know there are a number of us that work out hard like at the mac and places like that or a lot will run outside like i used to years ago and it seems like i stayed healthier during that time than any other time in my life as long as i was um, doing something that was very active that would cause my breathing to um, increase, and and uh, except for except for uh, uh, my allergies, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to just about everything outside. Uh, and uh, but you were talking about using the, the little pick that would blow water into your nose and out the other side and things like that that did clean you out and that's i didn't realize that that's the first thing that you said that uh, kind of got my thought process going we all think of different things that affect us and what what we do to make those things better and exercise seems to be the, the number one health producer more than anything else, as long as you stay active. Well, I think that the exercise part comes into play before you get sick. Yeah. It's not going to prevent you from getting sick, It, especially with COVID-19. Yeah. It, it is a thing that if you're exercising regularly, that means your body weight is in range. Yeah. And one of the biggest risk factors that we're seeing is obesity. That's wild. And see, across all the countries that they're looking at, mm. the number one risk factor seems to be obesity. And so, yes, exercise would prevent that. Yeah. And so if you exercise regularly and you weren't obese, that risk factor would be markedly decreased. Yeah. So, I mean, in that aspect, exercise is important. Once you get infected, you don't start exercising then. That's not the right answer. Uh, you know, once you get infected... You I worked out when I got it. 
but you're a special human being. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not like us mortals. Oh, and yeah, so give me a break. Our, our, mor our mor mortality that we all face is that when we get sick, we don't start exercising then. We start exercising when we're healthy and build up, and that's good for us. I mean, we know that that's good for your just your state of mind, everything. It, yeah. It's helpful. You're... I think they got tired of waiting on us for the break. So let's take a quick break. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning into Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it to your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland held a briefing to explain details about the Murfreesboro Airport development, discussions with MTSU about the aerospace program, and to answer questions. His Honor says that aviation programs across the nation have hit an all-time high in popularity, and data shows that for the fall of 2020, instead of the anticipated 493 students for MTSU's aerospace program, there were 886. That means it's more than doubled in size over a three-year period. The mayor noted that the city is in no way against MTSU. It's just that the airport was built with taxpayer dollars, and he says the university shall not have the right to run out the majority of the space. Blame Hurricane Ida for a sharp increase in gas prices. The Tennessee gas price average is now $2.85, four cents less than a month ago, and 86 cents more than a year ago. AAA put today's national average at 316, but said that would likely rise by the weekend. Bonnaroo officials say they're reducing camping capacity for the annual Music and Arts Festival. Organizers say the capacity is being reduced in anticipation that some of the campground will be flooded. The festival starts Thursday and runs through Sunday. The annual middle half will take place this year on Saturday, October 9th. Melinda well, Tate with the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation told News Radio WGNS. It's 13.1 miles and it goes through Murfreesboro. We go through MTSU campus. We start and finish close to the square. And if you're not a runner, we encourage everybody to come out and cheer the runners on. It's amazing from the 80-year-old to the 14-year-old, all shapes and sizes. Stay up to date with the road closure map for the half marathon by visiting themiddlehalf.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock when it breaks and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Picture this you start your day with an aerobics class in the indoor saltwater pool. You enjoy a cup of coffee on your private balcony before heading to a book club meeting in the parlor. You grab a made-from-scratch chicken salad sandwich from the soda shop for lunch just before live entertainment in the courtyard. For dinner, you join your neighbors for a five-star meal in the formal dining room. All of this at Adams Place Independent Living. Heritage South Community Credit Union is giving back to our community. During August, we're donating $50 to the school or teacher of your choice when you are approved for a loan. Combined with our great loan specials, there's never been a better time to move your loan to Heritage South. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to learn more. Remember, 
At Heritage South, we help when others won't. Only on certain loan types. Restrictions apply. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see periods of rain showers here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the mid-70s. East winds at 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn, pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We'll mention that. And welcome back with Dr. John Daniel Rudd, known to me as Danny all these years. Um, if uh, you had a choice, and then we'll get to the other thing, because it... it, it this is a very complicated issue all the way down the line. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, if you were in charge, if you were the President of the United States, and this disease has affected everything that you do in your life, uh, whether you've got it, had it, or whatever, tell me what would be the way that you would deal with this situation I know that you're not only strong in the medical community I, I, I trust you with my life and I've and I've trusted you all this time and and um, it, my life is pretty simple right now what would you do because of the way it's affected everything we do every day well, that's a difficult thing. First thing I do is question whether I should resign the presidency. <laughs> I don't hey, think I hey, want that. Send the letter up there right now. Yeah, I'm all for it, 100%. Yeah, yeah I know. Me too. Yeah. And so, you know, but now I think that, you know, we live in a time where things are so um, nonsensical. Yeah. They, they are, it's crazy. Yeah. We live in a time where we have open borders and we're allowing people to come into this country with COVID and we're yeah. spreading them around the country like little pockets of infection. Yeah. The first thing you'd have to do to really address this in a comprehensive way would be to shut the border down. Mm-hmm. Should and, have been done a long and, time ago. And have a testing procedure set up for people coming in. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing. Because yeah. otherwise you're... You you can't get a hold of this. You're just spreading infection yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And we, in spite of the fact that we talk about hospital bed status, mm-hmm. the number of hospital beds we have today is less than what we had in the 1990s. Wow. Because more things are done with shorter hospital stays. Yeah. And so the number of beds we actually have, the total number, is less. Mm-hmm than what we used to have. And because of that, it's easy to fill up the hospital beds with a relatively small number of people. Yeah. And as we get this disease, this COVID-19, and even though a, only a very small percentage of people who get sick need hospital care, mm-hmm. that number is still overwhelming our hospital system. Right. Because the number's high. For the, compared to the number of beds we have. Mm-hmm. So we're overwhelming the system. So we've, we've got, you know, in the beginning, President Trump said, you know, two weeks to tamp down the curve. Yeah. Well, that two weeks has turned into, right now, a year and a half. Right. And because it, you can't really predict all the factors that go into this. He did get the vaccine process started. He did get it paid for. He got it developed. 
and got it actually on the market before he finished his presidency. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there are people who, who talk about this vaccine as though it's a plot to, um, to kill people. And I don't buy that. I think that, you know. That's way out of the. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's fringe thinking. Yeah. And I'm, I don't buy into that belief at all. I think that the vaccine is, it's like all medicines, all vaccines, all treatments have side effects. Mm-hmm. And we're giving this vaccine to so many people. Now 170, 180 million people have been vaccinated. You're going to see side effects. I mean, you're going to see them because, you know, we never have that many people vaccinated for anything. And when you give that many doses to people, you're going to see problems. Um, It's inevitable, just like you you do with cars. You know, when you have cars on the road, you're going to see most people get where they're going safely. But sometimes people have a bad accident. And the more cars you have, the more likely that is. Yeah. And so but we don't stop driving and i think that with this we can't stop vaccinating we have we've got to vaccinate uh you know we're going to be facing this question do small children need to be vaccinated very soon because that's going to be the fda is going to recommend that before long they're getting the studies together and the evidence to justify it why did they not accept that earlier well, they didn't do the studies on it because basically th- there's just a certain capacity to do these studies. Even okay. though they had plenty of money, they just couldn't get everything done. The, the drug companies couldn't. Yeah. Uh, the drug companies are making a lot of money on this. And, and they're spending a lot of money to uh, develop and expand the uh, capacity to produce vaccines. Um, you know, Pfizer just w- was moved from the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization, to a full-fledged approved vaccine. Mm-hmm. Moderna just requested this week the same process. Um, so we'll see more and more of these EUAs turn into f- to full vaccine licenses over the next few weeks to months. Um, but I think that vaccines are an important part of controlling this. I think that, you know, in the meantime, the things we do to mitigate the infection by masks and and, um, distancing, uh, those are not bad. You know, they... But are masks really that effective? No. I think that they're, they're, they're helpful, but they're not... It's not like they alone will do the job. Don't will not the the mask accumulate uh, part of the uh, disease, and then maybe the misuse of mask or uh, on and off. Um, it's not gonna it's not gonna completely go away off of that mask. No, I th- I think that it goes back to when we were talking about the size of the inoculum. Yeah. You know, depending on the size of the of the moisture particle that the virus is riding on, mm-hmm. we know that the virus has to has to be carried by something. Yeah, and it's carried by moisture droplets. They they can be microscopic, or they can be what's called macroscopic, larger mm-hmm. ones. The mask is good at filtering the larger water droplets, mm-hmm. not the little ones. The little ones, the virus can shoot right through like. A, never hit anything yeah it because they're so small so you get into this thing that the most of the masks that are used by people are not great filters yeah but it it does get rid of the larger particles that's that's helpful but it, it's not in all in all um, the answer yeah. and but the other thing wearing a mask does it helps you to remember to space out a little bit between other people that's good and bad i think that psychologically this is hard on us you know mental health alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. depression uh 
has dramatically increased during this COVID time period. And suicides. And, uh, yes, and suicides. And, you know, one of the things I was reading the other day, that single moms that are at home with kids that can't go to school, alcohol consumption has increased almost 400%. Wow. You know, and so I mean, there's a lot of ripple effects from this that you don't see instantly until you have time to go back and study things. And, you know, the amount of screening for things that are potentially treatable, such as severe heart disease, blockages mm -hmm. of, of heart, um, early cancers, those things are not being found because people can't get in get to get the screening test done. And they're right at the top of the, the death list. Right. They are. And so uh, that's the other, you know, side of this, all this quarantine stuff going on. Yeah. People are stuck at home. Then you think of the economic impact and how many people can't work because restaurants and, and bars and theaters and arenas and concerts and all the things that go on that, you know, make America what it is yeah. have to be shut down. And so it has a tremendous negative effect. And it's hard to weigh the, each side of it and come up with a clear answer when people, everybody has their own opinion. Yeah. And, you know, it's trying to, to balance it and ride through this and hope it goes fast and gets over with. But because we know the virus changes in each person, you know, there's there's like a, a whole bunch of viruses that come out of a person when they get infected. Yeah. But a virus has to have certain qualities to reproduce, to mm -hmm. be what's called fit. If it's not fit, if it's if it's not strong in reproducing, if it doesn't transmit easily, if it if it messes with its RNA component and it doesn't look right or it doesn't fold right those viruses just die out. But every once in a while, something like the Delta virus, the Delta variant of the, of the SARS-CoV-2 will emerge. And typically, the variant is less pathogenic, but more fit. And I think that understanding that, that thought is really difficult because we think of fitness as causing disease and killing people. Yeah. No, not that's not what we mean by that. What we mean is it transmits and reproduces well. It may not be as deadly, but it reproduces well and it and it spreads easily. That's viral fitness. Now, some uh, you, you say that people should get the shots, but that's not everybody. Those that have had the virus earlier didn't, I mean, just kick, they just kicked it away. It was like it was a, uh, something in their way, and then it was gone. And you, you, you uh, have developed a type of immunity to it. Those people do not have to take the shots, do they? I think that there's not a one-size-fits-all for that. Yeah. I think you have to look at, is, does the person... Uh, have an immune system that is healthy or not healthy. Yeah. If they have an immune system that is not healthy, even if they've had COVID, it's a good idea for them to get the vaccine. It kind of stays with them for a while, those that are not healthy. It, it, it can. Yeah. It can stay a long time. Yeah. And I've, I've read in studies where they look at patients, particularly those that have um, uh, a cancer that involves a cell that's involved in immunity, yeah. that they can stay positive for the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus mm -hmm. for months. Yeah. And it's, they're still producing it. And supposedly, they're still contagious. Is it affecting them all that time? Or do they still feel they It's affecting sick. them all the time. Yeah, they, they can fluctuate in and out of sickness yeah. to where they run fevers intermittently. They feel bad most of the time. Uh, but in a person who is otherwise healthy, mm -hmm. and they've done several studies looking at this, because in trying to decide um, a healthy person that gets COVID-19, do they need, after they've recovered from the disease, the vaccination? Yeah. 
and the studies are not conclusive. There, there are some that say that the immune system is not as activated as it is with the vaccine, and there's some say that it doesn't matter. But my feeling is if somebody's healthy and they, they got COVID-19 and they are recovered, mm -hmm. uh, at this time, they probably don't need to be vaccinated. But as we see variants emerge that are predominant, like the Delta variant, or mm -hmm. like, there'll be another one. These are just, you know, the current front page ones. There are going to be other variants that, that emerge. There may need to be uh, vaccines given next year or mm -hmm. that cover these variants better. Yeah, we, in fact, I know a number here that have had the vaccine, all three of them, and then they have gotten the virus again. I've seen that. Yeah, well, you, you, had, you know, you've had a couple. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it seems like there, there, there's nothing even close to being perfect with anything. Now, s somebody like me, I, I, uh, I've choose with the uh, uh, okay of my physician, my medical doctor, that uh, not to get it because I, I am still um, immune, even though it's been two years now, I think. Uh, the, when, when I first got it, um, I, st I, I had a test done uh, a, what, a couple of weeks ago at your office. Had two tests done, matter of fact, to see if, if um, there's a possibility that I may have it, even though I felt really great. And the, no, it, it was clean again. And so um, I, I guess the question that's it's called, always been in my mind is, if I got a shot now, could it trigger anything to uh, uh, promote the virus in my body again? Because I've heard of people, a number of them getting the shots, and then all of a sudden they've got the virus. Yeah, no, you can't do that. You, that won't no. happen. It's like people who say they were fine with the flu until they got their flu shot, then they got the flu. Yeah. The flu sh vaccine does not cause the flu. Yeah. It, it is not possible. Yeah. And the uh, COVID-19 vaccine does not cause COVID-19. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not possible. I mean, it doesn't have the necessary things in it to cause it. It, it only has the information to code for the spike protein, which yeah. is one thing. It can't generate the virus. And so you cannot get the COVID-19 vaccine and have that cause COVID. Yeah. That's not, that's not possible. Have you ever seen a disease that has so many different uh, uh, ways of trying to explain it? I was watching. Um, I, I'm not one that will follow the news at all on this vaccine. I just stay away from it. I don't want to hear about it. And I put 100% trust in you because... Well, don't do that. Well, I do. I mean, if I die, it, it won't be your fault. But I trust you implicitly. Uh, you study medicine more than anybody I've ever seen uh, in a different type of setting. You're, you're you're like Ronnie Martin on the city council and the vice president of Pinnacle Bank. He researches everything that he has to make a decision on, and and I know you do that constantly. And then be, being involved with so many people, uh, uh, thousands of people that you're involved with when we're talking about detention in Rutherford County, which is a a swollen amount, so many people, and and the people that you deal with. In, in your office, but I was watching something the other day. Somebody told me about it, so I pulled it up on the on my computer in my telephone, and it was a uh, in Mount Vernon, Indiana, and uh, a scientist was there explaining what the virus does as far as 
I think it was their school board. They wanted to talk to a scientist, so they brought him in. And he gave a, a, a totally different viewpoint of how to deal with it in the schools than anybody I've ever heard of. And they, of course, they all stood up and clapped when it was over with because they were glad to hear it. But dealing with school kids uh, at all ages, uh, from grammar school all the way up through high school, uh, there's a clamor. Half the people want masks. The other half say, we don't want them to have masks. And, uh, of course, kids are closely um, uh, uh, together, seated all all through the school systems, and you know how kids they they got to touch each other. I mean, it, it's impossible for them not to. Um, is, is there any really right way of dealing with it? Well, I think that it's difficult because really what you're dealing with is not only the students yeah. but the parents and the teachers and the teachers unions right and you got to see that whole picture before you can really understand the dynamics of the fight mm -hmm. and the teachers union is difficult you know they're 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 a major part of this and the parents can be They're difficult. protecting the teachers primarily, the right. teachers' and, union. And they protect the Democrat Party. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. And teachers who have um, high risk of from the COVID-19 mm -hmm. should, number one, be vaccinated. Yeah. But I agree in that people ought to have freedom to choose. I don't believe in making it a law that you have to be vaccinated. That's the number one thing we've lost is freedom yeah, of choice. We have. And, yeah. You know, and people ought to get vaccinated because they're educated, not because there's um, potential to be fined or to go to jail. Yeah. And, you know, but when it comes to masks in school, I think that it's a good idea to space kids out, have smaller classrooms, improve ventilation, and at the at the kid and the parents option let them wear masks yeah if that's what they want to do there should be no problem with it if they don't want to do it then okay they should still have to go be spread out in the classroom have smaller class and better ventilation mm -hmm. and then when they are when they get sick they need to be uh, contact trace they need to find out who else has been exposed and they need to test them and they need to be taken out of the classroom for for 10 days if there's no co other complications. You know. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, that's another thing. If uh, you've been around people that have the virus, even one person in a whole school, a lot of times they're, the whole class has been dismissed for 10 days. Is that the right thing to do? Or... Is there any way to test them at that point initially? Say, say if one person in a 30-room classroom and that person has been tested uh, and, and is sick, is there any way to make sure that the other kids and the teacher are not affected besides let, making them all go home? It's and really, staying home for 10 yeah, days. It's really difficult because of the incubation period. Yeah. You know, we know the incubation period for COVID-19 can be four days to two weeks. Yeah. And so what you're facing is the idea that if you close the classroom down and send everybody home mm -hmm. for 10 days or two weeks, okay, you do that. Then they come back. The next day after they get back, another kid tests positive. Mm -hmm. So do you do that again? Yeah. So before you know it, you're not in school hardly any. Yeah. Because every time they come back, somebody's positive and you, ha and you send them all home again. How do you deal with that with educating a child? Right. That's a really big question and a difficult problem. Right now, I know I, I'd heard that the number of teachers out in Rutherford County is 
like over twice as many as normal with sickness, yeah. assuming a lot of that is COVID-19 now. Right. Um, you know, how do you run a school system when, I mean, people are sick? Or a country. It all or a runs country. the same. Yeah, or a hospital when you yeah. have all the nurses out that are sick. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, and mm -hmm. there is no easy answer. If people are sick, they need to stay home. But when enough people stay home that you've surpassed a critical mass, nothing functions. Yeah. So you can't you can't run the hospital, you can't run the school, everything shuts down. Yeah. That's the problem. Has has it made more patients running in for you from people who uh, for whatever the the illness is they've got? First thing they want to know is people are so scared they want to know if they've got the virus early. Right. Well, and the test for the virus is like a snapshot in time. Mm -hmm. It tells right now, do you have the evidence of the virus? Yeah. It doesn't tell tomorrow. And if you're in the incubation period, you could have already gotten the infection, but yeah. you're still incubating it. You're still processing it. Mm -hmm. You're not, it's not show, going to show a positive test until the, after the incubation period is over. And we know that can last up to two weeks. So you could get exposed today and not have a positive test for two weeks. So that's a reason that, that people, they, they just can't get a handle on it right now. It's very difficult. It's a, it's a really difficult time. So, uh, you, you know me, I'm, I'm not the smartest fellow in the world, but I believe in the herd mentality. You know, a lot of these uh, diseases, uh, they come and go. And a and, uh, large number of people do not, they're not really affected by it. And then you have uh, a smaller number that would be affected by it. I, and when I'm saying not being affected by it, they don't end up in a hospital or, or sick at home and all that. It, 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 is that the ability to infect someone else by just being around you and you and you're you're you're, t you're talking about the beads of of, of uh, things like like people sneezing uh coughing on you uh maybe they're the type of people that when they talk they spit all over you and things like that uh, that, that seems to be the main concern. I'm not really a proponent of the mask at all, as you know. And, but I, I'm, I have no fear of that disease. I'm a, I'll be 80 years old pretty soon. So uh, am I worried about croaking or, or whatever? No. I mean, it, it, that, those things don't bother me. Even, I've even got all my funeral stuff taken care of. I think you're going to be there at my uh -oh. funeral. <laughs> I'm not going to make you carry me. I can so, tell you so that. What songs are they singing? Uh, I have uh, about, that's the only lo uh, long part of the, the service. I'm going to have about six or seven songs that, that will be uh, sung. Of course, everybody has Amazing Grace. You can't get by with a, without that. But they're... Uh, they're um, emotional type songs. I would like to have God bless the USA. Uh, maybe get Lee Greenwood to come in now. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. But, but uh, you, you know, it, it's. Uh, I have not had any of my friends or family die of COVID, so I'm not as emotional as as a lot of other people. I know you you. You, you worry about that a lot. But it, it, the, th the number one thing that bothers me is how it affects everyday life in, in this country. This country's always stood tall. No matter what war it was or what in the world happened, just like 911's coming up, we've always stood tall. And uh, us to have a fear of something... We ha in a lot of ways, we have no control over it. You just go through life and hope you don't step in a hole somewhere. Um, but how it's a, a affected um, home life, church life, 
all the things that are so important to us, it, it really, it, that, that's what's gotten me more mortified than anything else. And work life, not yeah. just home yeah, life. Yeah, work life. Because, yeah. you know, it started, a lot of the restaurants, and they lost their people, and, and um, uh, they were uh, pretty much, it was demanded that they close down and, and uh, uh, only doing takeouts. I mean, without a social life, you have nothing as far as I'm concerned. It's a very stressful life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it changes your entire perspective of what the world is like. Right. And uh, I, I, that's the thing. You have a more uh, logical way of dealing with it than just anybody else I've ever seen. And uh, I, I, um, I wish that we had, a, um, had leadership in this country that um, had a, a more... Uh, logical way of looking at the way all these things go and just meet it head on. But um, I, I, I wish everybody had the same outlook that, that you do on how to deal with it because there's so many crazy things being bounced around and, and uh, uh, they don't realize that everybody is affected by it. I mean, it, well, it's not and, the one that just gets the disease, but everybody. And and you look at the world in general. I mean, the people in Australia and New Zealand. They're going crazy. I mean, they are, talk about lockdowns, terrible, terrible lockdowns there. I mean, people are fined thousands of dollars for being out. And, you know, it's it's just, it's amazing. And then you have places like China who, who knows what's really being done there? Yeah. I mean, they don't tell the truth about anything. And and then we have places here where, you know, they talk all about vaccinations and, and then we have an open s southern border. Yeah. Where it's, it's like, oh, well, we can't talk about that in the same sentence. Uh, the world is, is a little crazy. It's a lot crazy. You know, it is. And, and I, I get it. And that's why... In order to just survive it, I have to compartmentalize this mm -hmm. and just do what I can and say, okay, this is what I think I need to do to help people and realize that it's much bigger than me and it's much bigger than any one person. Yeah. Um, this is something that nobody knows for sure how the virus is going to uh, change, uh, mutate. Um, it, it's... The proof is kind of in the pudding over time. We'll have to see how many people get sick, how many hospital beds are full, how many respirators are in use, uh, how much we've got some new therapeutics that are on the way that may be, um, you know, deal breakers as far as, as this virus goes. It may get crush it. So the things that we have coming are, are going to be very interesting to see how effective they are. We've learned so much about not only this virus, but all viruses through this. Yeah. Our research has increased dramatically. The ability we have to sequence the viruses. I mean, to run a sequence on a virus as far as the RNA or DNA, depending on the virus, it used to be about $10,000 to do it just, mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And now it's $10 <laughs> and to do it. And, you know, so... We're able to learn and adapt quicker. You know, we talk about the virus becoming more fit with the Delta variant. Well, we're more fit to fight it because we actually have the technology that's evolving fast. You told me something a long time ago that as we develop our uh, vaccines over the years, we find out that they the vaccines that we develop actually help uh, control other diseases rather than the one that they were developed for. So in addition to the one, that right? In, in addition to that, so um, it, it, it seems like that we should um, have an upper hand on developing. The, the the type of uh, medicines that's needed 
for certain diseases that kind of relate to the ones that we have already uh, gotten control over. Well, the biggest thing about it is the way our system um, pays for things. Mm -hmm. It only reimburses people for new things. Yeah. If we have a medicine that's cheap that we already have, there's a it's no benefit to a drug company to figure out that it works. Yeah. Because nobody gets any money on it. Why is the money so seems to be so strong with the drug companies and the insurance companies? We know that the insurance companies have lobbyists in Washington that make a big difference in what's going on with the drug companies. We also know that they were uh, um, lobbying to, to tell everybody that we, um, uh, they need uh, certain things taken care of in Washington through their lobbyists, such as we know the pharmacists are, are having a hard time, the small business pharmacists are having a hard time surviving right now because there's an, a person in between the insurance companies and the pharmacists that they're getting a large part of the monies that's, that's going down from the drug companies and they're pretty much stifling the small uh, pharmaceutical companies that are uh, the ones that actually have a, a relationship with the people that are being affected by a lot of these uh, uh, companies. And we're living in a world where it, it, it's, it's hard for me to support a lot of this thing or the things that are going on right now you know when uh, people get mad at me when I say this but you know when Trump said he was going to take care of the swamp that's what we're talking about it is it, it's when you go in and you see all the negative things that are going on with groups becoming billionaires and and it it's it's all just a a farce in what's happening and whoever thought that would happen with the drugs that affect our health and our lives so much and not only that but our wallet and when you've got people who really love us and try to take care of us and we're talking about the pharmacists especially uh, the ones that i know here in rutherford county there are people making money off of that that don't have a thing to do with the relationship with us, but they do with the insurance companies. That's right. And, well, it goes back, Truman, to, you know, the golden rule. He who has the gold rules. Yeah. And that's the way it is. I mean, it was before us, and it will continue long after us. But, but it's, it's not as overwhelming as it is now. Well, there's a lot more gold out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the money supply is so huge now. We can't even conceptualize it because there, the money is, the supply of money has to be done digitally. Yeah. It can't even be managed in, in a paper form because there's too much. And, you know, and when you think about the difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion, it's hard to conceptually grasp the magnitude of difference that exists between those. Yeah. And for most people, I mean, we say one and and get them mixed up with the other, when in fact there's there's such a huge magnitude of difference. And now we're talking about multi-trillions of dollars, way beyond what what most people can think of. Yeah. And and when that exists, we see corruption. We see all the problems that we're dealing with now with our government, with our Congress. Everybody is, you know, they're all billionaires. Uh, and, you know, I remember um, I heard, uh, I think, Ronald Reagan or it was uh, someone in the past that said the best thing we could do is just give everybody in the Senate a billion dollars and tell them to go home. 
this we'll president will come out. Ahead. Yeah, we'll come out ahead yeah. if we just give everybody who's a senator a billion dollars, free and clear, and let them go home. And you know, and I'm I, not sure that would be enough now. Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be enough <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Can you imagine have a lifetime job? Uh, your your uh, all, all of your benefits are going to be with you for the rest of your life, and and, and you're not going to lose a dime. And then you get to be a lobbyist. Right. And the lobbyists are, uh, uh, that's the, an automatic for them. Yeah. If, if, if they want to continue on and, and be as, um, um, as rich as they want to be, then yeah. that's the place to be. And the American people have no say so. So don't tell me that Washington is not a swamp. No, it, of course it is. I mean, the, a swamp is a nice name for it. <laughs> Bless your heart. I, I I have so much respect for you and, and the people in the medical industry that are reaching out for every one of us that who, who is going to have problems. But uh, thank you for being on the show. I, I really enjoy being with you. You've been a good friend for a lot of times, and, and uh, I learned, I have learned a lot from you over the years. Well, thank you, Truman. It's good to be here. You know, I hope. Uh, folks will watch out for this bad weather we're about to have today and tonight. And, oh, it's going to be you bad. Know, be aware of the uh, flash flood warnings and, and, and stay safe. And pray for Waverly. Uh, I hope they don't get a whole lot of water that comes through in this mess. I know. Me too. All right. We'll see you guys in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.